When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, talkers. Five o'clock on a hump day, hanging out with Lori and Julia, and it looks like the snow, in fact, might be coming tomorrow for your guys' ride out Perfect. to Creative Hair Design for our Santa Stop project. <laughs> Unfortunately. We're, we're used to it. Listen, yeah. people can still drive in snow. Yeah. That's where we all have SUVs. people who live in the area. It's not going to be, first of all, it's not going to snow a lot. Not Come a lot. On. No, we no. miss, we yeah. miss this whole day. But you thing. guys will be in Roseville tomorrow. And mm-hmm. if you can't make it to Roseville, you can stop by the Creative Hair Designs in Hastings and drop off a gift there as well. But we really want you to come hang out with you two tomorrow. Oh, we're going to have Roseville. fun. Yeah, we're going to have a blast. Well, you guys. We are going to have some fun. All right. Okay. <clears throat> I've got a little, a little early surprise for you, Julia. Chrissy of Roger Freeman, who went to the premiere. He saw Whitney Houston's uh, I Want to Dance with Somebody, which opens next Friday. Yes. Here's what he writes. Okay. It's not easy to make a single movie about Whitney Houston. The late great singer had so many highs and lows before her death in 2012 at age 48. A soup to nuts biopic would seem daunting. And yet, Cassie Lemons has made a very triumphant movie with a screenplay by Anthony McCartan. I Want to Dance with Somebody very deftly manages Houston's skyrocketing career, counterpointed by her difficult family life and eventual descent into drugs. The film's accomplishments are often surprising, starting with Naomi Aki's take on Houston's turbulence. She is a fine voice. She uses it, but the majority of the singing is from Whitney herself. Oh, it is. So she's all right, lip syncing. Okay. And luckily, Clive Davis, who's a character in the film, played brilliantly by Stanley Tucci. <laughs> and who doesn't love Stanley? Yeah. Um, Clive is also a producer. So that he's is a funny casting. Yeah. But, okay. But, but yeah, I see it. All, I see it. Clive has yeah. brought all of her sizzling live recordings to the movie, which Naomi. I guess, seamlessly lip syncs. And this shouldn't work, Roger writes, but it does. And it's to the director's credit, she's able to recreate most of Whitney's classic videos and concert appearances, and many stand out. And the uh, Aki and Tucci as Whitney and Clive have a very enjoyable rapport in the film, thanks to a very, very good screenplay. The affection between them is genuine. I love this. And People, Tamara Tooney and veteran actor Clark Peters capture the essence of Whitney's parents, Sissy and John Houston. And it doesn't shy away from Whitney's romantic relationship with Robin Crawford or increasing dependence on drugs, even though Bobby Brown seems like the villain of the piece. It's Bobby Brown or Bobby Brown. Mm-hmm. It's clear that Whitney's brothers in the movie introduced her to drugs in the first place. None of this is swept under the rug. It's all dealt with. 
head on and all of her tribulations or worn into this fantastic two hour and 20 minute film. Love they, it. They could not make a miniseries. They were charged with making a movie. So a lot of the unpleasant stuff is just avoided. And I was happy not to see her worst episode splash on the screen. We get the point. We already being, know. Right. We already, know the, we already know the ending. Right. I love that. He writes, it's no way. They did that with Elvis. Yeah. It's a balanced mm-hmm. mix of dark and light. And, but in the end, what propels it is the voice, the best voice of her generation. Whitney's, Music is what survives the scandal and gossip, and that gorgeous, shimmering sound is what remains. The movie opens on Wednesday, December 21st, and 3,000 theaters, no streaming. And unfortunately, because it's coming out next week, it wasn't eligible for Golden Globes or Critics' Choice, but uh, Roger feels that uh, it would have gotten nods in... Well, that's both. good to know that yeah, that's so that good. I good. love that. Yeah. I know. And then um, we're finally getting, I don't know why it's taken them so long to promote Glass Onion Knives Out. Well, Lori, because it isn't out yet on streaming. Oh, that's why. Because we talked about it the other day okay. and I went and looked it up. It doesn't come out till December 23rd. Okay. It's not available. Because I'm like, because you said, it, yeah, it's been on streaming. I'm like, I looked it up and I'm like, no, it's not. No, it was one of those yes. films that per- was in the theater like for a second. Like two theaters. Two theaters. One in LA and one in New York. Yes. That's it. So it eligible. doesn't come. Yeah, it does not we come out. We even had a way to yep. see it. So Janelle Monet was on The View. She's right. in it. Kate Hudson was on the Today Show. Um, we're not going to play any of the stuff from um, about her glass out, but she looked nice glass on your knives out. She, but she said she knew this character, Birdie J. She said, I just knew this gal, you know, but she was really, I forget, you know, she's a good couch. Great couch. Great couch. So Kate, Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson. Oh, so she's got a lovely. Oh, yeah. So should we start out with the details about her music? Yeah, let's do that one first. Okay. Can we talk about your music career? Because well, you were on Fallon, and I heard you're going to... It's not a, a career record. yet. I, well, it, I'm yeah. making a record. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited. Uh, I just I just had to do it. I had to get it out there. What kind and of music? I'm, it's not... I don't, I don't want to categorize it okay. yet. I'm still in the process. Um, there'll probably be songs out like late spring, summer, but... So heavy metal. Later. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> it's a thrasher record. It's, yeah. It's like corn. Yeah. You know, if you're into that kind of thing. Oh. Uh, but, but I'm excited. I love to sing, and I've been writing songs my whole uh, life. I've just never shared them, and I kind of, I thought to myself, like, if I'm too afraid to do that, like, what does that say to my kids? You know, if that's at this, because I've been very afraid to put that out in the world, because it's the most personal thing yes, for me. Yes, it's like, here's it's my like, heart. Yeah, here it is, and destroy it. Yeah. Right? But you get, <laughs> but, but you get to, I think, a certain point, and now, I mean, I, I always said if I ever made a record, I'd have to have something to say i'd have to feel like i was really committed to it yeah so i took this last year and i've been writing and it's been great it's uh, been really really fun for i'm me. proud of you good for the thing about she it was is on glee kate hudson and yes. she was really good and she did some singing on glee and, and two we, of her first relationships yes. were with singers yeah. I, yeah the chris guy from the black rose black, black rose, rose. Yeah. Chris and Cornell. then the other guy. And then the other British guy. guy Muse. Br- B- from you is Bill. Yeah, Matt. Whatever. Yeah, Bellamy. Matt Bellamy, maybe. Bellamy, and then. But she so sung I can see before we sing, but she But I can understand why it would be hard to, because yeah. we say, you know, when people, actresses, it, it's either to have a good, it, to start having a singing career first and then go into acting seems to work 
better. But I, I'll be curious. Good for yeah, her. I know. And then the very first comment on the Today Show's Twitter feed after they post this, why is Savannah dressed like Olivia Newton-John in Greece? Okay. And when you just <laughs> talked about how cute so she cute. Okay, that's hysterical. I know. Um, and then, oh, here. People like this glass out onion thing. Glass, glass onion, onion and knives out. out. And I, it, let's just call it glass out. Let's I like call it just that. Glass, glass out. And people are liking it. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, 93%. Yes. It, was, it was released briefly mm-hmm. in theaters, but it will be on Netflix December 23rd. So that's why we're seeing Janelle yes, and Kate everyone. And, and Daniel Craig was around doing some rounds a couple weeks ago because it did. Do another movie thing in November. Yeah, it's just kind of... Rough. It's been a confusing movie to figure out when do we a see it. A lot of them are. Because and it seemed like something... I remember going to see Knives Out at the theater. It was so good. It was an excellent... With Chris Evans and the white turtle, the Gap yes, sweater. Daniel the Irish Craig, sweater. Jamie Lee Curtis. And we met, for the first time, the gal who was nominated for Marilyn. Anna Diarmas was so oh, she delightful was so yeah. in that movie. Yeah, she was. That was, was the so first time we discovered that her. That was yeah. when we did. She was so charming. Have you seen that, Grant? No. Oh, it's good. Yeah, it's it good is one. good. It is good. It's, uh-huh, I liked it's, it. It's, it's a good it mystery. Okay, so then, uh, uh, you know, you, Kate Hudson can't go anywhere without talking about how to lose a guy in 10 days. <laughs> or the yellow dress she wore. Yeah, so yep. here's, here's, uh, mm-hmm. here's Savannah's. Okay. question on it. I thought it was A good. lot of that movie was me just going nuts. Like, it was like getting in that character and then just like going for it. Well, yeah. it's, it's now iconic. It, I love it. I, I love that that movie lives on with younger girls. And on this movie in particular during press, so many young, now there's a new generation of journalists. Yeah. We're like, would say like, wow. Andy Anderson like made me want to be a journalist. I'm like, what? I never would have expected when that, I. You're like, that's what I was you like, took I, away. I feel like you know, wow. I, but but yeah. I mean, there was a very like feminist twist to that movie, and it really inspired young girls. And I, I just that made me. That makes me so happy. It you did. know, inspired my generation too. Our generation, <laughs> um, especially because it was just so darn true. How to lose a guy in ten days. <laughs> it was in Matthew McConaughey. I mean, that was like, oh, yeah. yeah. And they didn't, you know, and they made three rom coms together, and that was the best of the three. For sure. Yeah. And then she talks about how, you know, yeah. They never really connected. They're not yeah. friends? No, they, oh. I think they're no. friends, but just the kissing. Like, it was just it, like so. There wasn't any chance of being, because it yep. could have been, you know. It, it felt like, I mean, it, they did a good job acting like it, you know. Yes, they did, because he wasn't married no. to Camilla then. No. And, you know, you could definitely see how. It felt like there felt was a like little chemistry. Exactly right. So, um, anyway, that was that was kind of cute. And she also said, after her two failed marriages, and she put it, she worded it like this, something like, after my two failed baby daddy relationships, because mm-hmm. she never married either. Oh, mm-hmm. No, she was married to Chris. Yeah, I think so. I, I think they were married. Yeah, after those two things, I had to look at myself. You always do. You always do. That's and what, when I took a hard look at myself after the second divorce grant. I was just like, holy hell, I need to figure out what I'm doing. I got to be playing some part in this disastrous. It does take two. It does. Yeah. So you have to take a look at it. Right. Um, but it, gosh, it, it's so much easier not to look at it. So, yeah. you know. Turn your head and just move on. But. Move on. But, you know, that's one of the beautiful things about getting older is that then you, you do tend to stop lying to yourself as much. It's true. <laughs> you know? Agreed. Because you just don't care anymore at that well, point. Well, there's a And I think that. there's also, like, and if you've had, you know, any therapy or something, but 
you have to look and always see like what part you played in something. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's you know, true. good and it's bad. never going to change if you don't look change yourself. Yeah, great mm-hmm. point. And I mean, yeah, it was really I could I related to what she was saying about that because you're just like, oh man, come on, get with it. Get with the program. 100%. You know. And then yep. time just flies by. And like you said, you're at a certain age and you're like, wait a minute. I got to reassess second. everything. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. All right. Listen, Grant, it's time for your dirt alert. That is. All right. We'll be right back. This is a My Talk dirt alert. All right, Grant, what do you got for us? Well, we have the 2023 Critics' Choice Awards for film nominations are in, and we've got a lot of, you know, goods and bads. I'm sure we've got some things we both like and some things we didn't like. But, uh, you know, starting out with Everything Everywhere All at Once with Michelle Yeoh, that's leading all nominations. And The Fablemans with Steven Spielberg, but you know, put out by Steven yeah. Spielberg, followed that with 11 nominations. And I believe Everything Everywhere All at Once had 14 nominations. Wow. Do we know anyone who's seen The Fablemans? No, because it hasn't opened yet. Oh, I felt like these it, are, no. I thought it came out a couple weeks no, ago. No, no. Okay. I, I don't think it's not opened here yet. I, one of the things that um, Tom Cruise got a Best Actor now. He did. For Top Gun Maverick. He was recognized... A, Austin Butler there for Elvis, yep. Colin Farrell um, for Banshees, Brendan uh, Fraser got it for the whale. Fraser, he says, oh, his Fraser like the razor, not Fraser like the TV show. Oh, Fraser, found that out in the Hollywood. Fraser, 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 Fraser. Good to know. The whale. Paul Mescal for After Sun and Bill Nye for Living. But I, I think, you know, the Elvis and, um, you know, Top Gun, those two acting things. But I got to say that uh, they have a best comedy, Critics' Choice, yes. drama mm-hmm. movies and best comedy. And then Bearable Weight of Massive Talent. Talent made the list. Got I love with that. With Nicolas Cage, Bros got in there for comedy. And the Banshees of Inishirin, I guess, is considered a macabre kind of I guess, comedy because it's in that category. And they um, got a lot of Banshee. The Banshees of Inishirin, they have a it's lot. It's showing up on every critic's best list. I mean, I'm gonna. So we might have to see this. We might, but I do know for a fact that I don't like dark, bro. I, I hate the what I know about this I movie. Do too. I just hate it. So I think, I why should too. I watch it? Why do I feel like I have to see a movie? We're not a oh, movie no. critic. Yeah, it seems pretty dark and not very... RRR got some nominations for Best Visual Effects. And and um, it's also in there for uh, Best Picture as well. Yeah, oh, it was in yeah, there? Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, RRR was in there. The Fablemans, Elvis was in there. Babylon, Avatar, The Way of the Water, which... Hasn't even come out yet. But, right, uh, right. They do acting ensemble like this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Screen Actor Oh, Guild okay. Award. So tell me, when is this Critics' Choice? Is this- it's the 15th yes, yep. yes. of January. Yeah. Uh, best Acting Ensemble is The Banshees. Everything, everywhere, all at once. The Fablemans, Glass Onion, The Woman King, and Women Talking. I loved that uh, for best costume design. Yeah, Ruthie Carter for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. She's amazing, amazing. That movie visually was just beautiful. We and have not. I've not seen that yet. I haven't either. No, but they I feel like, like she I would won see that an Oscar for, for the first Black Panther. I believe she did. Yeah. Yes, and Catherine Martin, Catherine for, Martin Elvis. for Elvis. Yes, which I got. You know, the design, the costumes. The, the the clothing in that movie was just uh, hair sharp. and makeup. Elvis should do a sweep on that. Although oh, black, you got Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. I mean, Lori, they're coming up against each other. It's Boy, true. this everywhere, everything, all at once. I know. I know. It's getting it's got a lot 14 of fourteen nods. Wow. I want someone else to watch it besides me, and I didn't I've even tried. It. Lori, I did try. I know. So it got best picture, best it's, comedy, it's a, best it, actress for Michelle Yeoh, best supporting actor for Ki Hui Kwan. And Best Supporting Actress nominations for Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie who? Sue. Sue. Yeah, Stephanie so. Sue. Yeah. yeah. And, it's got a lot. Yeah. And Best Director, Best Original Screenplay category as well. We got to see this movie. Yeah. One Kelsey that, Handler hosts okay. this, is hosting this one this but, year. I know. It would be fun, Larry. It would be so fun to be no. at this award one, show. One Did you the, guys ever do these ones? No. 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 There's a story to why we even did the one we did. But yeah. um, the thing about this... The one that keeps coming up that I think is kind of interesting is Bill Nye. And oh. it's this movie called Living. And I think he found, finds out he he's an older person and he finds out he's only got a certain amount of time left to live. Oh, wow. And it's supposed to be really good. Yeah. And does he like just go out, I balls out and have I, fun? I don't know. But I, I the other day when I was looking up some of these that we hadn't even heard of because right. they weren't out yet. And right. I was doing it. And it, that one looked... That one kind of struck me as... It's set in London in 1953. Mm-hmm. It's a British drama. Sounds fun. And, I mean, we, and who doesn't love him? I love him. I wonder him. if Anna Wintour is still dating him. You know what? I'm going to find out right now because I forgot about that. Yeah. If they don't date, then he's her number one walker, as they used to call it back in the day, mm-hmm. in the 70s and 80s, when a woman of a certain age would have an eligible man really? who would walk them to galas in the charity circuit yes. in New York if you had that kind of a social life. Wow. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. Do you know that Bill Nye... Not the science guy. Thank you. I know. The couple, here's what it said. I typed in, is Anna Wintour still dating Bill Nye? Mm -hmm. N-I-G-H-Y. Right. The couple struck up a romance in 1980 and welcomed a daughter. Mm. Do you know that he's the father of Mary Nye, their daughter, in 1984? They were together 28 years, separated in 2008. Rumors have been circulated about Anna and Bill since 2015, and they were spotted together. Wow. Are you reading that wrong? I feel like you're reading that wrong. Her daughter, B. She has a daughter named B. Bill Nye puts on a... Lord, yeah, Mary Nye is his daughter. Is, his, this, his, these guys were together. Mary Nye is... At, yeah. Come look at this headline. Yeah. 
Wow. Parents. Uh, but uh, Diana Quick is the mother. For, yeah. Yeah. So it was when he was married to Diana Quick. He, he, Anna Wintour is not the mother. That's what I thought. I yeah. know. You're, right. you're having he was ADD mar- eyes or whatever you call it, dyslexia eyes yeah. in the moment Googling things. Diana oh, Quick and, and Bill Nye were married from 1980 to 2008. Oh, and that's sakes. when they had Mary Nye. Yeah. Well, then why the hell did they put it under the headline of Anna Wintour? Well, because that's the well, intro. because maybe there was overlap there or something. Maybe. Who the hell knows? But this is the problem with out loud googling. It's it can it can nip it can you in the butt. The butt. It, can. it really can. It can, especially when you have dyslexic eyes. You know. <laughs> okay. okay. For another day, I'm going to tell you all the things that Anna Wintour has admitted to disliking. <laughs> I do. Okay. And yours. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, moving on from the Critics' Choice Awards. Let's talk. Let's talk about little Patty Jenkins, and she's denying oh. rumors. What is this? Yeah. Tell so, us. Set us straight on this one. So basically, what happened was was the rap came out and said that Warner Brothers didn't agree with Jenkins' plans for the Wonder Woman three, and Jenkins refused to work with them on changes of her proposal. So according to the source, Jenkins became frustrated and said, "I'm done. I'm leaving it. I want nothing to do with it." Well, she has. Come Come out now to say that that is 100% false, and this takeover by uh, uh, the, the gentleman that did Guardians of the Galaxy, James Gunn, who's mm-hmm. now going to run DC, is in fact the one that put this all on hold. So she's just come out to because there was a report a couple days ago that in said the rap. in the rap, you know, very just, you know, very good source yeah. that had said that it was all her. And right. she came out to say that this is 100% false. I want to be a part of this. I wish I could be a part of this. Well, they fired they, her before the second one even. She didn't do the second one, no, which she, was she, 14 she, hours no, too she long. she directed the first two Wonder Woman. Oh, she did? The yeah. second one yep. sucked. It did. Yeah, but, but still. It was still a, it was still visually a beautiful movie. It just the storyline got a little lost. But this one's a little they dicey. They don't want her on this movie. Exactly. That's why they planted that story. They oh. are, they are definitely dogs. trying to get her out of the situation, which is not right at all. No, it isn't. All right. Thank you. That was yeah. good stuff. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Sorry for my dyslexic Google eyes. Is that what we had? Yeah, that's dyslexic ADD eyes. ADD I think I called them both. Oh, my gosh. But we learned new, something new in the process. That's a new title. All right. Vintage. Scandal. It was quite the scandal. So I was thinking about this the other night. Fallon had Mary Mack on, you know, the comedian Mary Mack. Yeah. She's from Northern Wisconsin. She's so funny. And, you know, I was just thinking about, I love that there's some of the late night, every once in a while, they still do make room to have somebody, you know, do stand up. Uh, yes, they routine. do. I love Mary. And, yeah, she's very funny. And, um, and then I, Asked you the other day for what's the code for your, you know, you're paying for a little subscription for the L.A. Times Mm -hmm. because I always like their entertainment section. They have some good stories. And here's the story. Five comics who are arrested on stage. And if you watched Mrs. Maisel, particularly, I think it was in season two, you know, Mm -hmm. Lenny Bruce shows up, played by that very hot guy that we met the last year we were at this. Yes. The SAG party, whatever that guy's name is. He played Lenny Bruce. Yes, he did. And we see him getting arrested on stage in um, Mrs. Maisel. And people, this is like really like for people might not realize that it wasn't until 1973 when the Supreme Court defined obscenity in the Miller case as speech that is obscene. And doesn't have First Amendment protection must be without serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value. Basically, opening up that, you know, 
who's to say what's obscene? Right. And generally, you know, so here's some of the, some of the, uh, I mean, when they, they were, they arrested comics right and left. Did they really? In different states, in different, it became, it wasn't easy for maybe a, a comic to play in the South. And you had to watch what you had to say because your local sheriff could decide what was obscene. And plant things and do whatever they wanted. Yes. Yes. Okay. So comedians routinely face the threat of arrest over raunchy material, which was up to the women whimsy of your local, whoever was, you know, the Hennepin County, sure. whoever was the sheriff of yes. that county. The olden and, days. And it could be, it could be, well, it was, you would so, be in the surprised. 70s, okay. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Um, Andrew Dice Clay in oh. the 90s. Couldn't go to Texas because the test, the Texas district attorney actually warned him and said, if you come to perform in Dallas, you will be arrested for obscenity. Uh, our obscenity laws are alive and well a- in Texas and we will arrest you. And he canceled his thing. And that was in the <laughs> 1990s. Wow. wow. And the very, so yeah. a, a wow. short list. So in 1946, there's this up and coming comedian named Marty Wayne was arrested in Philadelphia for doing filthy jokes and pantomimes, things some of the hand signals, sure. at two local nightclubs. And the way the newspapers described it, it was for his, the obscenity, the, the filthy jokes and pantomime were for his purple passages, which is the newspaper's code for dirty words. They wouldn't even use dirty words. They called, they called it the purple, purple passages. passages. Oh, oh my, my gosh! <laughs> no way. And in those days, they wouldn't. They would just say "arrested for obscenities." And so, by the standards of today, this would have been <laughs> very mild. But Wayne spent six months in jail, and the two nightclubs had to pay a twenty-five dollar fee. And the judge told uh, Marty Wayne. You are not fit to be an, an uh, entertainer. If you have to get in the gutter and present filthy shows, you might as well close up. I have no choice but to send you to prison. Jail. Jail, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, to prison. He's in prison. Oh, Same thing. Geez. Prison, jail. Yeah. Um, Lenny Bruce, 1961 to 1964. He was arrested a whopping five times. For what? Just for obscenity. obscenity. Yeah, yeah. He was arrested in 61 of obscenity charges in a San Francisco nightclub. He was then acquitted. The next year, he was arrested twice in L.A. He was arrested once in Chicago, which is the one I think we see on Mrs. Mm-hmm. Maisel. Only the Chicago charges stuck, hoping for a reprieve. This is what we see in 1964. And he goes to New York City. Mm-hmm. And he was, they did a sting with undercover cops and district attorney investigators who attended two of his performances. I mean, That's this what is, we see in Maisel. And the, what's crazy is think of the energy for a comic. It's it so could many, be any, yeah, anything. But so, really, there was no, interesting. The DA convinced a grand jury to indict Bruce on obscenity charges in New York, which he disputed. And investigators um, testified with handwritten notes they'd taken from Lenny's act. And he said... I'm going to be judged by these guys' bad timing, their ego, their garbled language. He was sentenced to four months in prison. He appealed it, but he died of a morphine overdose before he could appear in an appellate court. In jail? (laughs) No. He He was out. Yeah. He was out. Yeah, he he appealed it, but he he was sentenced to what he OD'd. And he was like, you know, 
late 30s. Mm. So I quit watching Mrs. Maisel after that season. I did too. George Carlin, 1972. I was just going to ask about this one. He was arrested on disorderly conduct charges at Milwaukee Summerfest in 1972. Surprising in Milwaukee that they would do that. But remember, it's all up to the sheriff. And he performed his classic bit, Seven Words You Can't Say say on Television, which is hilarious. (laughs) He was arrested. The charges were eventually dropped with the judge dismissing the case and upholding Carlin's right to free speech despite the indecent language. And by the time Carlin was arrested, most of the federal obscenity laws had been overturned as unconstitutional. This was when Deep Throat was coming out. There was a proliferation of adult movie theaters and bookstores and pornography. All of that was considered obscene. It became a thing for the first time. So the battle was kind of lost. But a lot of these police departments were still overseen by real old fashioned dudes. We didn't like it. And the charges were always thrown out. And eventually the police departments just gave up on trying to enforce any kind of obscenity law because... You know, it's a waste at that point in time. It's hard for them. It's a waste. And even though it had been overturned, you know, basically in 1973, Richard Pryor was arrested in 1974 for violating a foul language ordinance. He was arrested in Virginia and the county he was in had a foul language ordinance that nobody had been able to fought it off yet. It was the same year Blazing Saddles Uh -uh. was released, a movie that he co-wrote. And all the words that he said on stage are the same words he used in Blazing Saddles. Okay, wait a minute. I didn't know Richard Pryor co-wrote that with Mel Brooks. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, Whoopi Goldberg also talked about it recently. Too, yeah, right? I didn't he know was, that. So Richard was playing this huge concert hall when he was arrested for disorderly oh conduct. Oh my gosh! And so, it, because obscenity laws didn't stand up in court, so when police would bust somebody for obscenity, they would say, "Oh, it's for disorderly uh, conduct." He it, it did turn himself in and was released on a bond, and it never went. Any further than that. And then this very obscure comedy team, um, Bowley and Wilson in 1981, were arrested on stage for telling dirty jokes and singing dirty ditties. <laughs> and they'd perform the same show for 12 years and specialized in these novelty, naughty songs. And a woman called to complain about her 16-year-old daughter who was exposed to vulgarity they did a song called the fart song and oh, the Dallas police oh, arrested them and the, the district attorney threatened them with a year in prison and they got, ended up getting charged with misdemeanor obscenity charges that were later dropped because they had no case. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's, that's kind of funny that all those. So mm-hmm. it was really, it was very much, you know, these well, comedians that were, you know, would travel and would be brave and say whatever about anything. Because you could get arrested for, if you're, your political jokes Well, that's, we thing. just saw on CBS Sunday Morning, the Smother Brothers, who were at the top of their game, yes. the highest rated show on CBS. But because of their feelings for the Vietnam War, yes. they were canceled. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, so mm-hmm. anyway. All right, listen. Uh, oh, I you... just went down the road of bla- Blazing Saddles for a second. Oh, yes, so. of course. Oh. I just epic. never knew the Richard Pryor thing. And, and if you've never seen the seven dirty words you can't say on television, oh, that bit, that is absolutely hysterical. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. 
Do you watch any more White Lotus, Julia? I, we did, and I fell asleep. Oh, oh, no. Okay, no, this isn't a spoiler, but I'll just give you an update on a couple that's 100% still dating, even though the show is <laughs> From over the show. They, from met, the they hooked up during the show, okay? Well, Portia and Alby, they were a hookup during the thing. They were, okay. But the, the, the hookup that's still happening is Megan Faye and yep. Leo Woodall, which they play Daphne and Jack, and Jack is the uncle bleeper. We'll call him that. <laughs> oh, oh. He's the quote-unquote the nephew. And which one was Daphne? Daphne is uh, Theo James's the beautiful redhead. Yes. With the freckles. She's so gorgeous. Who's married to the to, other? To the other guy, the cat guy. The, the guy, yeah, yeah, but yeah. But Daphne, she, she really, God, she's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And when this last, this one scene that she has with um, her friend's husband... When he tells her something, she makes three different face faces just with her eyes that are like, hello, there's your Emmy. Oh, I have to. All right. I, I'm i excited that I get to watch this still and that you guys can't. See, this is the part of missing the zeitgeist. That's so much fun. Get out of here. We've had to tiptoe around everything. <laughs> Listen, and for the rest of the world who didn't have time. Okay, so um, tonight there's just a couple things that might be kind of fun. Uh, on VH1, mm-hmm. last night, Ashante was on uh, Watch What Happens Live. So cute. She's so cute. I love her. Um, and she is a part of a new Divas Christmas Carol. And it's with Vivica Fox, Eva Marcel, Robin Givens, and Ashante. And it kind of looks fun. Like I'm a good. fun, yeah. fun show to watch. Um, National Treasure, Treasure Edge of History is a new series premiere. Is that the one with Catherine Zeta-Jones yes, playing it the is. blonde? But what it is, and I think you'll like this, Lori, it's a spinoff of the movie mm-hmm. franchise. Lisette, which is a cute name. Yes, Lisette. Oliviera. It's almost as good as Choupette. <laughs> Choupette the cat. Mm-hmm. She's a twenty undocumented 20-something <laughs> who barks mm-hmm. with her friends to quest to find ancient treasures. Mm. That could also shed light on her family's past. But... Um, blah, 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 blah. Her life goes to be a crypto FBI, you know, analyzer. But this includes a side trip to a secret room in Elvis Presley's Graceland estate. Oh. Everyone touches Elvis. Mm-hmm. Everyone yeah. touches Elvis. And it, remember when Notre Dame was burning down in 2019 oh, God, and we were yeah. watching that and everyone's worried tonight on Nova History buffs might want to do watch this because they talk about um, following the engineers, the masonaries, the timber it. workers mm-hmm. who for three years have been working on it, rebuilding wow. it. I saw the the, the semi permanent housing that they've constructed. It looks like uh, tin cans that they're living in, but you know, just to yes, have so the workers right there because they're yeah. working like twenty four seven. Yeah. Scaffolding and where are you going to house? All this labor. I mean, it's Oof. quite a project. It is. Yeah. So that would, I thought, kind of be interesting. And yeah, then, people were stopping and taking pictures of all the scaffolding. And the. It's so you never see that kind of stuff. You see scaffolding in Paris because the buildings have to be repaired. Everything. But you don't see any prefab, any nothing junky ever gets up. And they're, all of a sudden, there's this junky-looking building and it's just because it's like basically tin can apartments. Because they're working 24-7 on this thing. Yeah, and I think Paris is expensive. And uh, they no. got to, you know, maybe that's part of hiring that labor that mm-hmm. knows how to do all that stuff. Probably, well, in the stained glass repairs, in the spire. I mean, they have a lot of... Uh, and it's, yeah, yeah, I think it would be interesting, yeah, kind of. It would be. It's, um, it's amazing when you see that 
in person. Mm-hmm. Don't you remember oh, that? Oh, I do remember that. It's, I do like, remember going in and I remember the floor. Oh, yeah. The floor was so beat up and it was 14 layers down of floor on top of floor on top of floor on top mm-hmm. of floor. Wow. That's what I vividly mm-hmm. remember about it. Yeah, and then something when the doors are closed, which you only see that at night... Um, because when you go there in the daytime, the doors are open. Yes. But when, at night, when you, I went on some like kind of uh, a tour, a murder and mayhem tour, and just found out all this, you know, all these sort of gruesome things about Paris. And there was some gruesome detail or scary detail about the door and the keep out the devil, like the swirl oh, sure. or something yes. that was on these the doors. Symbol. Yeah. 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 Wow. Kind of like that. I like those tours when you're going yeah. to a new place to hear the history of it or the folklore or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, I it, the tour started at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> and and then it went to well, like 11.30 could... and then, you know, it was time to go and have a glass of wine and just go, wow. That was fun. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Cool. You were talking about Ashanti was on Andy Cohen, Black yes. Happens Live. I've got some audio of here of Andy Cohen asking Morris Chestnut and Ashanti oh. if certain people have a Christmas album. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, oh, we, no, we, we don't want to do that? Yeah, that's or okay. Or else yeah. Andy Cohen ask uh, Morris Chestnut questions about his life, but there's just a couple he's things. He's darling. Yeah. Well, he's on Bad Men's Tour. What's the name of that that movies that they're in? Um, bad men do you know like the bad moms the bad girls yeah yeah, yeah. he's I'm is gonna look at him yeah doing? he's uh he, he, the best man ho- no the best, best man. man yes yeah. the best man mm-hmm. series because there's been movies yeah yep. and the then best this man one and the best man holiday yeah, yeah and this one's coming out on Pe- um Peacock and it's a TV series there's oh, like fun. eight episodes and oh, and who's in it is one of the co-hosts of the Oscars last year the really quiet soft-spoken gal I can't think of her name there was um the three ladies oh what's her name. Um, She's so funny. Regina Hall. Regina Hall is in this. She's in this. But these were funny movies and stuff if you've ever watched them. But he was promoting that because it's coming out on Peacock. Peacock. All right. There you go. He's beautiful. Yeah, he is really cute. He really is cute. I forgot how much I like him. Tay Diggs was in that too, The Best Man Holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Billy Eichner's probably happy. I just realized Bros got nominated under Best Comedy for Critics' Choice. He was oh. not very happy about oh, that movie. Did? No, it did. I'm just shocked I'm that shocked. it got. Uh, I'm it shocked. immediately kind of brought that whole category down for me when I saw that. Because even my brother, who's just he and his husband, just couldn't be gayer than gay, and they love wanted to see a gay love story. They just thought that movie was terrible. My brother's like, just watch Fire Island if you want to see a good <laughs> gay rom com. Oh, who knew about that? Thank Fire you. Island yeah. with Bo uh, uh, Bo and Yang. From SNL, oh. that came out this summer. Is it funny? It's so funny. Okay, Bo and Yang is so funny. He's hysterical. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's all right. And then finally, we yes. talked about this earlier. It's the um, Remembering Sandy Hook, and it's at oh, 9 yeah. o'clock on CNN, and it's the 10th anniversary of the tragic mass shooting, mm-hmm. and it's recounting the victim's family efforts to change gun policy during the decade and just... Remembering it, yeah. And remembering the family. I have faith in all the uh, Zoomers, the Generation Z, all those kids. They they are they're done with um, all the older people's BS mm-hmm. about all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, not dealing with guns. And all of that. <laughs> so, well, we'll be out on the road tomorrow. Creative hair design. Yes, That's in right. Roseville on Fairview Avenue. We'd love to see you for our Santa stop. Everyone have a great night. Thanks, Grant. We'll be back tomorrow. Job done. Off you go. 
For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. Hey.